Are you ready to combine your passion for business and your love for God through simple, practical and profitable business practices? Do you want to have an eternal impact on the culture and community around you through your business? Now is the time to partner with God, profit with purpose and build a Kingdom Class company. Welcome to Christ in Business, where we'll explore the stories, strategies, successes and failures of those doing the ministry of Christ in Business. Here's your Kingdom Business Coach, David Robertson. Woo-wee, what a week this has been. Welcome back to the Christ in Business Show. This is episode 19, and this week I'm going to be interviewing Tommy Duchel. He's a the owner of a marketing company, and he's working in a country with 90% unemployment, hyperinflation, and we go into that story exactly what that means, how that looks for him as a business owner, what the business landscape looks like. But some interesting stuff that he's going into, interesting stuff that God has used him and prepared a way for him to completely transform the way the mindset or the way the story of the country's future is being told. God is using him in mighty ways. So we're going to get into that. But first of all, I want to give you a little bit of an update. Saturday, February 16th, we left early after packing the truck. Funny story, we actually had to pack it twice to get everything fit into the 26-foot truck. Packed it twice, left Saturday morning, drove 12 hours, stopped for some sleep, woke up early the next morning and drove another 9 or 10 hours. And now we are here in Texas on Monday. Today is Tuesday when I'm recording this, so I'm giving my audio producer a little bit of a run trying to get this done on time for you guys. But on Monday, we unloaded the truck into a storage unit, and I am currently sitting in a toy room in my mother-in-law's house where we're staying temporarily while we're getting our house built, or we may actually go ahead and buy a house, kind of deciding that right now, whether we're going to build or whether we are going to buy. So anyway, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on that. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit more in-depth update, a little bit more behind-the-scenes update as far as what's going on in my business, how you pick up a business and move across country, uh, what's coming up in the next 30 days, and some opportunities for you guys as well. So anyway, stay tuned for that. I may give that in next week's episode. In fact, I'll probably do that the 28th of March for next week's episode. So anyway... Back to Tommy Duchel. Tommy Duchel, he's a, a pastor's kid. He was raised in Zimbabwe. Um, he turned to entrepreneur but just because he wanted to solve some of the practical problems around him. He looked around the church and saw 90% unemployment and said, I want to be able to do something about that. So he started a company, started meeting in his church basement, pulling ideas for how to improve the country and started pulling around business ideas and telling these stories of things that people, ideas had that were really good ideas. And anyway, long story short, he goes into this. He gets a TV show about this, and that TV show became the number one watched show in the country at the time. And then from there, he started a marketing company telling what he calls hope stories. And then through that, God cleared a path for him to be the guy, the company working with the government, directly with the president, the new president, and to rewrite the future of the country, to rewrite the story of the country and to influence and have an impact on culture. 
guys. This guy is Tommy Duchel. He is what embodies someone who takes their identity in Christ, takes their relationship with Christ and brings it into business and lives out the mission of being Christ in business, who lives that out to how can we transform culture? How can we honor God with our businesses? And how can we solve practical problems and combine spiritual, a spiritual responsibility that we have? And how can we disciple a nation? How can we lead a culture? This guy embodies it. So I don't want to leave you too much without any further ado. Let me just let you listen to the conversation that Tommy and I had. So here he is. Well, Tommy Duchel, welcome to Christ in Business Podcast. Awesome. That's great to be here. Uh, that's awesome. For those that are listening, tell a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got where you are. Yeah, David. And thanks so much for bringing me on the podcast. I I love your heart for you know the Christ in business and just your heart for the kingdom. And I think I think we we resonate on on a bunch of different levels. And just a bit of my background is I am a, a Zimbabwean, grew up in Zimbabwe, um, Africa, and was raised there by parents that were from the U.S. And yeah, I started a company when I was in my twenties that really spoke to cultivating media and getting entrepreneurs to think about branding their companies differently, working with CEOs to try and shape stories. So what ends up happening is we we were able to really get people to buy our storytelling capabilities and use creativity to try and shape a nation that was being kind of built from the ground up. And so I'm a pastor's kid too, so grew up in church and you know, seen the great sides of church, the tough times of church, but really saw how a you know a church in a third world nation that had suffered from you know, hyperinflation, 90%, 90% unemployment rates, and really just hard economic and social times come out with good conversation, still believing in something. And I, and I saw the power of proper messaging and uh, cultivated branding. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about, I know I've heard, heard some of your story, but give us a, a little bit of a better picture of what, what life in Zimbabwe looks like and what what the kind of the setting where you're where you're doing business right now yeah i know definitely the life in zimbabwe is kind of like a you know kind of like an ice cream shop you go in there and you've got the rocky road which is you know uh, and then you've got like the sherbet lemon punch ice cream and it's just a whole different feeling so there's so many different flavors to doing life in zimbabwe and just uh i'll give you a picture of kind of the business snapshot of what's been happening we've we've had we've had 90% unemployment for the past uh, almost two decades and we've experienced hyperinflation twice now and what hyperinflation is if you want to kind of get a picture of it is if it's, it's if you walk into a grocery store and you're about to buy a, a loaf of bread for five dollars but during the time that you're in the grocery store it, it rises to eight dollars and by the time you get to the till it rises to ten dollars and so we've experienced just massive just mass massive social pressures massive economic pressures and i think it was yahoo business rated us in the top 10 worst nations in the world to do business and i think it was business insider said it was one of the worst places to live in the world so you, you look at the the harsh social pressures that that affect business and economic pressures 
And, and yeah, so that, that's kind of a snapshot. I, I think just another picture uh, would be, you know, if you, one of the things that just happened, David, and uh, this, you know, we, I mentioned this when we talked last time, but everyone who had been saving up in Zimbabwe for the past, say, eight years, right? So we were taught to save money as a good steward. Even in the kingdom, we teach that. And so you have this nation, even with the unemployment, trying to save money, put it into banks. And just last year, end of last year, we had the government basically steal all the money in the banks that had value and replace your savings account with a coupon, like a Dave and Buster's coupon that wasn't valid anywhere else. So why I like to use Dave and Buster's is because a lot of American audience knows that. And so you have people trying to live off Dave and Buster coupons that are losing value every week and they've been saving like good stewards. So it's tough because planning is hard. You can only kind of plan day to day. You can have vision for long term, but you've got to be really flexible in doing business in Zimbabwe. So yeah, that's a bit of a snapshot. I hope that helps. And then Dave and Buster's paid me to give them an advertisement. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here you are, you're living in Zimbabwe and the economy is what it is. And what your company is doing marketing and branding, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. How did you get into that? So I like that how you're saying, you know, the storytelling piece is, is really what drew me to it. Because I think you being in this industry too, David, you know, the best story always wins. Have you ever heard that mm-hmm. statement before? Yes. Yes. So I loved, since I was a kid, I was fascinated by stories and storytelling and realized that even Jesus, when he painted pictures of story, that's how people jumped onto the concept, right? It was pulling people into a story and then there would be this revealing of, okay, this is what it, what it actually is about. And I think stories connect humans to humans. So growing up, I remember, you know, sitting, whether it's in messages or sermons, and the only ones I would remember were the ones that had stories to them. The only ones that I could recall, the ones that, you know, pulled me in emotionally and drew me to character. So when we started to interact and had the opportunity to work with some of these stock listed companies in the country, we would say, hey, we're not a marketing agency. We're a storytelling agency that's, that has a creative way of getting your brand out there. And it was interesting because a lot of the guys were like, are you allowed to do this? Like, is that allowed? Surely we just want some bullet points of what we offer. So just long story short, that's how, we, that's how I started to get into it. I, um, I started creative writing in high school. So I love the creative writing part of, um, of school and, and then just kind of gravitated toward how do we use story to really get messages across. And yeah, we've got this company in Zimbabwe now. And I'm, yeah, we just keep saying what's next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The first time I was introduced to the power of story, it was actually by an executive who used to work at P&G. And he, for those okay. of you who don't know, that they're, they're really big on storytelling. Yeah. They have this methodology of how to lead with story and how to just... Everything's around storytelling, from what I've heard. I don't have personal experience with them. But the first time I heard about story was from a friend and a mentor of mine. His name's Stan Dyke. And he introduced the power of story and kind of wet my appetite on it a, a bit. And the more I started reading about it, the more I started getting into the power of what stories do, what happens just in when someone hears a story 
and how people relate to it, the more I started realizing, you know, there's a a profound reason why Jesus ended up using stories to tell his message. Um, because yeah. it, it allows those are of us who are hearing the story, it allows us to experience emotionally and experience almost even physically what the epiphany or what the the moment of the climax of the story is. And it allows... So if I'm telling a story of when I was a kid and we had a pool out back and it was one of those above ground pools sat about three feet high and, and my dad would take me and pick me up and, and he'd throw me into the pool. And But the entire time I'm telling that story, the pictures that someone listening to it, for those of you listening right now, the pictures going through your mind are of an above ground pool in that you've seen in your childhood. And I'm right there with you. Yeah. And when I'm talking about my dad picking me up and describing him throwing me into the pool, you're reliving a, a memory of your own in through that story. So when we go into transition that into marketing or into business or into just communication in general, being able to tell those stories is absolutely huge in business. So I love the fact that it's not just, like you said, a couple bullet points about what you do, but it actually tells a story about about the company and tells a story versus just the, the three bullet points. Hey, hey like a, a business like, card. In, instead of a business like a card. Business it's, card profile. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yep, I love that. So you have this thing. I've, I've, heard you, I've heard you talk about hope stories in the past. Tell us a little bit about what that, <laughs> yeah. that means to you and, and where that comes from. Yeah. So... David, when I, because I moved back from, I came to college in the US and really kind of wrestled. I studied business because I really feel like there's such a big opportunity for business people to have impact and missions uh, across the world. And so I studied business because I I really feel like there's going to be a revolution there, especially in third world countries. And so coming back to Zimbabwe, I had on my heart to start connecting entrepreneurs and people who had these ideas because there's this 90% unemployment gap. So we've got to be hands and feet of the kingdom to these problems. You can't just you know, preach Jesus and then not actually say, hey, here's what we can do with our hands. So I had this thought with this team and we pulled a bunch of people into this room that, and, and basically advertised it like this. If you have an idea, you feel like you've got some problem solving solutions for the country and you or you want to hear about some ideas that could change our country, then come and hang out with us. And we gave free coffee to people and free water, which nothing's free. So everyone was happy about that. And we got three people who were working on just small startup ideas. And they would present to this group. And we packed the room. There were like 250 people jam-packed in this basement Hmm. that we kind of hired out in the church. And bankers, lawyers, doctors, as well as people who had no jobs, who were just coming with just a small idea. And, you know, they they came into this room and the first kind of feeling was like, okay, we're going to hear these ideas. You know, is this normal? Like, are we allowed to, do you have to sign NDAs? Is someone going to steal my idea? Mm -hmm. And, And so there was this whole culture of suspicion and fear and, you know, we don't want to do this, but we're kind of interested in it. And kind of after the first few times we did that, these guys would talk about their ideas for five minutes. And then what would end up happening is their ideas would start sparking hope in the whole team, in the whole room. 
And people would get so excited, they would start to contribute to their idea with relationships, mm. deal flow, possible investment. And, you know, I, we saw this picture of hope coming alive in these stories. And, you know, because a lot of these guys didn't know how to structure their ideas in a business plan, they just were like, hey, this is what we can do, you know. And so those ended up becoming a TV show, long story short. And uh, we got contacted by the US Embassy on the ground and said, hey, we, we'd like to take this to a TV show. And we turned this into an entrepreneurship TV show where, where we had these investors that would be in this room. And it was a barter trade investment show concept. It was a reality show. And David, this thing got so much traction because it was so counterculture to what was going on in reality. So in reality, the newspapers are saying, our nation's over, nothing's good happening, it's finished. Mm. And on TV, <laughs> these, these bright young entrepreneurs that would be talking these business ideas, these hope stories, that was really starting to challenge a nation. And, and people loved it. So when I say hope stories, it, it really is a story about a counterculture vision that starts to bring people on the ride with them. And we started to see that happen. So yeah, that, when we talk about hope stories, that's, uh, that's what I, I refer to a lot. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So you're saying it's a hope story is a, a countercultural story that kind of casts a vision for a future that's better or a future that's, that's different from where it is currently. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know this, David, when you speak to you know, people as you coach them through it, a lot of people are faced with this culture of whether it's, you know, even in America, depression, sadness, maybe fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So when you have that hope story, it is counterculture. It's like hope kind of is counterculture, I guess, in many parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So even as recently as just this past November, I was talking to a client, you know, I meet with them every week for about 90 minutes. And one of the first things I ask is, what's the biggest win? Tell me something good for the week. This particular person shared like a sliver of something good. Yes. And then went on for about five or 10 minutes about all the negative. About all the bad? Not not only all (laughs) the bad, but the things that he was worried about that hadn't yet happened, but could happen maybe someday. And I, I kind of paused at that point and I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something twice a day with you and your wife. That's a little bit, it'll be the strangest business advice you've ever heard. I want you to schedule 15 minutes at the beginning of the day and the, at the end of the day with your wife to worry. And I want you to worry with God. That's a, a phrase I learned from Steve Backland. And um, he, it's basically, if you're going to worry about something in the future that hasn't yet happened yet, you might as well partner with God and worry about what it would be like for him to bless you in a way that you could yeah. obtain the blessing. So I said, I said, I want you to worry about what it would happen if you had more business than you could handle. I want you to worry about what would happen if you, you had such a large amount of business come that you had to buy new equipment. He's in the um, excavating and earth moving business. And yeah. so what would it look like that you had to, buy extra equipment because you had so much work or that you had to turn people away because, or that you couldn't find more operators in your area and you had to recruit and relocate people to come into your area. Yeah. He said, well, I love that. He said, that's an interesting idea. I'm going to bring my wife in here and I want you to tell her. (laughs) So I repeated the whole story and this whole story comes back from the fact that when I heard it from Steve Backlund about five years ago, 
And I know it's five years ago because my wife and I were expecting our son, William, our firstborn son. And we had been told for seven years prior, um, multiple times by doctors, that kids just weren't in the picture. It wasn't going to happen. And so here we were in the, mm. middle, in the middle of expecting our firstborn son, who was a miracle to begin with. And the way it got set up is that we were basically in the doctor every week doing ultrasounds and making sure he was safe. And it was going to be a good pregnancy. And so we were going in and then about halfway through the pregnancy, those weekly visits stop. And now my wife's sitting here, all she ever wanted when she was in college, she took child development courses and and stuff like that because she just wanted to be a mom. Mm. And so she's sitting here now with not sure what's going. We've been used to seeing heartbeats and seeing growth every week for almost five months now. And all of a sudden that stops. And now she's wondering, well, is his heart beating? Is it... She naturally starts to worry. Is it, what's, what's going on? What if something happens? What if there's brain damage? What if, what if, what if? And so we heard this story from Steve Backlund. He came at our church about that same time. And he introduced the idea of worrying with God. Oh, so I said, so well, we're going to do that. We're going to worry... We're going to worry with God. What if he's so smart, he has trouble fitting in with his classmates? And what if he's so good at sports? We have to travel all around the country because he's a select team and traveling, yeah. regional traveling team. Or and what if we do all this stuff? And, and as it turns out, he's, a lot of that stuff is starting to come to pass where, where he, he's not fitting. In. <laughs> I love he's it. ahead of his grade. He gets bored. So he's kind of goofing off instead of paying attention. And, he was almost asked by the, the first soccer team he was on to to not score any goals because he was scoring too many goals and, really? and that kind of stuff. So I, love I, it. so I told her this story and, and then I assigned that to him to do that. The backside of the story is like three or four weeks later, we got in touch. We took a small little break and over Thanksgiving and we got back in touch. And I said, so how are things going? And he immediately, again, started listing all these problems. He said, man, I've had several accounts come to me and I'm just not sure where I may need to rent more equipment and I need to hire more people. And we're going into the slow season and I'm busier than I was in the summer. And then about five minutes into it, he said, wait a minute, this is all your fault. You told me to, so funny. <laughs> you told me to worry with God and all this stuff that we've been worrying about is coming true. And it's just a, I think it's a it may have even a lot to do with what you were talking about. I've heard you mention the phrase uh, once or twice, branding conversations. And what it talks about when we take hope and bring it into our conversations and when we bring it, at least in this case, it was is a matter of what happens when we partner with God in faith. Because really, the difference between hope and no hope is just faith and blessing or faith in a life without God, or faith in a life with God or faith in yeah. life without God. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think you're right on to something when, where, when you, you tell a story that's counterculture, when you tell a story of hope and a bright future, it is counterculture in, in not just a third world country, but here, here in the States as well. And I think what you rightfully said in your story that you pointed out is that we can be our own worst grandkillers. Mm. You know, we walk around and we are this brand. It talks about God wants us to be the God colors to the world, that we would be his light. And every time we say something negative to who he's called us to be or what he's called us to do, and I, and I get this, man. I'm, I'm not like a, a saint. I don't go around you know, singing Kumbaya and lifting up my hands even when I'm getting a Starbucks. Like There are some times where it's tough. Um, but the Bible, Paul writes in, in one of the epistles, 
he says that let no corrupt word come from your mouth, but only graceful words that give grace to hearers. And so mm. what that says to me is that God can already be doing something and he's always moving more than we think he is. And when we have a corrupt word that comes out of our mouth, we actually corrupt something that's right. Because mm. corruption, you can't corrupt something that's not right. It, you know, it's right and then you corrupt it. And so my team and I, we got together and said, guys, we cannot have corrupt words come out of our mouths because that will be a corruption zone. And we've got to brand our conversations to what we want to see actually happen. And that is, that's what you said. It's faith. So yeah, brand your conversations, man. Yeah, that's good. So taking some of this from hope stories to branding conversations and adding storytelling and marketing in that, what are some of the practical applications that you've seen in your own business for how to go about applying this into the way you communicate what you do and the way you communicate with your clients or the culture around you? Good. Well, I'll share it this way. Let me come to a problem real quick because what ends up happening, and again, we're not saints yet on this stuff. We're all working this out. But when a problem happens, the immediate thing you want to do is kind of speak about the problem. You just kind of go, well, oh, this is terrible or get angry or like start to like blame someone. So we were sitting in the parliament building um, of the office of the president because we'd been asked, my company had been asked to help reshape the story of where we're going because they, they said, we've seen your work, we want you in the room. And wow. they brought us together with three other people in the room. So we're sitting in front of you know this ambassador who's representing the branding side of the office of the president and these two other companies kind of go before us and they start presenting and they kind of intentionally take up all the time you know they're at the end they were wrapping the meeting up you know sidelining our company and so it was interesting because you, you could definitely feel them like teaming up and, and trying to push out you know our company and and, and immediately I, wa- I wanted to be like I'm going to call them out. This is crazy. I'm going to get back at them. And I remember getting into the car with my producer, driving back to the studio. And I just, the scriptures came alive, like pray for those who despitefully use you and pray for those who who come up against you. And I was like, well, all right, God, we're just going to bless the team, right? Counterculture. We're going to brand our conversation and we're going to bless the team that's trying to push us out. Mm. And within a week, those two teams that are trying to push us out were in our office fighting amongst themselves, needing us to come in and be kind of the leaders. And, oh, wow. and it was just crazy because I just, it was like, God, this is amazing uh, because he does honor his word. And I think, I think that's one thing is when you come up against a problem, what are we saying according to scripture about that? When it, whether it's a client, whether it's a, you know, you feel like you've been used we feel like you've been mistreated unfairly. Yeah. So I think that that's a practical thing that we've done is like, all right, well, we're going to give this back to you. And, and I think another thing, you know, David is, is just on the positive side is we, we always look like what's the gift behind the gift. So, mm. you know, a lot of companies will say, Hey, we got this gift. We're trying to give a product here. We're trying to give a product here. Like PNG will say, we're trying to give these products that help homes and help the mother. But when we are, and we just put phrasing to this, when we're with the company, we're saying, what are you actually trying to give? And I know it sounds simple, but we'll say, what's the gift behind the gift or, or the product behind the product? What are you really trying to achieve here? 
And I think that's what's fun is because they always come, the client will always come and say, we're trying to do this. And we sit back, listen and say, okay, we think you're trying to do this. And often it's the gift behind the gift. It's the product behind the product. Mm. And that's what resonates with them. They go, yes, we're not really trying to give dishwashing. We're trying to give the mother power and control and feeling like she's got everything together. Mm. And then they go, yes, that's it. So that's what we found in some of the practical thing is like, just take a step back, listen and say, God, what's the gift behind the gift in this? That's so good. So that's, that's one of the practical things we do. For those of you listening, that tip alone is a breakthrough in your business. If you can find what it is, obviously for you sell, maybe you're a plumber or you're a graphic designer or you're a web designer or you're a lawyer or whatever it is, if you can find it, you sell the services, but what do the services actually give your clients? So for for the person who will just use the dishwasher as an example that you brought up, is it for the person who sells the dishwasher? It's what is the benefit of having that dishwasher in their house? Is it to save time or is it like you said, to create more the more control and be able to have a better cleaner dishes. It's not just cleaner dishes. What does it give behind that? And how does it benefit their family? And I think that's if I could actually shift over to that, is that is also where we can use our marketing to tell stories that impact the culture around us too. Because Sure, you can have a product that gives you more time, more convenience, but what's the story and how are they using that time and convenience? Are they using it for something that is telling a story of a principle or a a value that is found in the Bible or is a kingdom value, kingdom principle? Or is it telling a story that is counter to the Bible, counter to truth and actually taking hope or taking life away from someone? I know. That can be a little bit vague, but we've all seen those commercials here in the US. We've all seen those commercials where they're selling a great product, but the undertone of the commercial is insulting or taking away the status of men here in the culture in the United States. Or so they've got the gift behind the gift. Then the story of how they're using that gift is actually something contrary to God's word. It's actually something, it distorts this gift and turns it into a undertone of we're going to lead the culture away from God's truth. We're going to lead the culture away from something that is good. And we as kingdom businesses, we as kingdom business owners, we ought to be able to tell a kingdom principle underneath our business that pulls people towards God's truth and pulls people towards a culture of heaven and bringing that culture of heaven and bringing that culture of the kingdom to earth. So it's not just a religious and Christianity thing, but it's promoting what God values here on earth. No, exactly. And I think, you know, as kingdom marketplace leaders and kingdom business guys, you can look and say, how do I shape a culture according to the messaging that I'm going to be presenting to the world? So we've just been asked to create a whole like mini sitcom for a large provider in in the US service provider. And basically we've said, well, let's shape the conversation around family. So how do we become better families in this sitcom? Mm. Because, you know, not how do we become more hustly, more of a hustler? How do we become whatever, or whatever, anything else that we could push towards society? But we're saying, let's paint pictures of how people can stay more connected, more transparent and more open as a family with humor that ends up selling this product. 
mm-hmm. because we're shaping a value system. Any content we push out, we're helping shape value systems and we're helping carve out cultures. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have a mandate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And for those of you who listen to the show, you understand that that's 100% where I'm at. And Tommy, I, from just listening to you back in September, you were at the Heaven and Business Conference in September. And that's where I heard you for the first time. And just hearing you and the short conversation we had prior to this, I, I know that culture change and shifting culture and leading entire groups of people is where you're at. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show is because that's one of the first things that we do is we look at number one, how can we partner with God in business? Number two, yep. what's God's purpose for our business? How can we profit with a purpose? And then number three is how do we go above world class and create a kingdom class that. company? So what is, what, is it, what does it look like where the world's telling this story and telling that one of the ways we do that, one, I think one of the most powerful tools that we have as business owners is our marketing and is the story that we're telling our clients, we're telling the market, we're telling our team, we're telling our vendors, whatever that story is, like you said, it's both branding and conversation, how we're talking, how we're communicating, but also the message that we're putting out to our customers and the world around us. How do we take that and tell, go above what the world considers as normal and look above and say, God, how do we tell the story with kingdom class? How do we leave the community that we're in, in a better state, closer to your kingdom and open the door for people to come more in alignment with your truth? So good, man. I love it. Kingdom class. That's huge. Yes, it is. It is. The first time I heard it, ironically, was actually with another company that I was coaching. It was a financial service company. And they said, we just want to go. And they, they said it themselves. We want to do everything with Kingdom Class. And what would it look like if Christ were a money investor or money manager? What would that look like? And we want to give that experience to everybody, both our internal awesome. and external. Wow. So Very cool. So... Tommy, what's something that... And we didn't talk about this before. So if we have to do a little bit of editing, we can. But what is something that you're excited about moving forward with either your company or with just any transitions or anything that you have going on in life right now? Yeah, thanks. So I mean, I'm excited about connecting with people like you. And that's not to sound cliche, but I think we can do more together than we can separate. And when I think about just what God's doing, and I feel like he's, he's forming more of a kingdom coalition together for nations and for cities. And so I'm actually in the U.S. for a season of three and a half months, and I'm able to work with my team remotely. And I'm connecting with different groups of people over here who want to see culture shift, who want to be able to empower entrepreneurs and empower hope stories with kingdom finance, and also with being involved in media missions. So one of the things I truly believe is, uh, and again, growing up in Zimbabwe, I've seen NGOs come and go. Um, I've seen other organizations come in and when things get tough, they leave. And one of the things that I didn't see a lot of was painting pictures for people to rise up to. So for example, you have someone who's you know in a, in a village and he doesn't have a job, he doesn't really have a family, and he'll get given maybe maybe food, maybe some sustenance, maybe some clothes, maybe some, some antibiotic treatment. But there's no painting of a picture to see where they could go or the steps to get there. 
Yeah. And so I feel like media has a huge mission mandate. So we're creating pictures for people to see because the Bible's so clear on without vision, people perish. So maybe one of the biggest things we should be exporting from our talents and our gifts is painting pictures, painting stories, painting vision for people to say, yes, I can get there. I see where I could go. And so, yeah, so I'm over here actually connecting the dots with different people to be able to go do that at a bigger scale when it's time to rebuild Zimbabwe and that part of the world. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing and I'm excited. I'm going to Dubai next month and then Germany after that. And I'm visiting a few different states and just talking about actually the branding we're going with is Kingdom Nation. What could Zimbabwe look like if we painted a Kingdom Nation picture for its people to rise up to? So that's kind of what I'm passionate about right now. Awesome. That sounds good. I love that term, Kingdom Nation. I love that. Yeah, well, you know why I say that? And I think you'd appreciate this is Zimbabwe is technically 80% Christian. Yeah, we have more hunger, um, more injustice, more corruption than most nations around the world. So we, we say, okay, cool. Christian's good, but let's see the kingdom, mm-hmm. which is the manifest presence of God from heaven here in our lives and our businesses and our companies and our governments. So I think we should dream like that. I think God's asked us to as kingdom citizens. Yeah. And son. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's the Ephesians one, four. I found that to be here in this season of my life, found that to be one of my favorite verses and it being the verse that says that God blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And it's like, yes, I think one of our mandates is don't know if it's a mandate as much as it is a privilege to be able to take those spiritual blessings that God has given us at the foot of his cross and to actually pick them up and to bring them into to earth and apply them with earthly application, whether it be in business or be in your family or whether it be wherever you are, take those spiritual blessings that God has given us and bring them to earth for an earthly application. And I think that's, I love that. It, it's a, it's a picture of what you're doing with the, the, it's clear God has given you a gift of vision, a gift of pioneering. And it's clear that that's what you're doing. So love it. If someone I've seen this happen on multiple occasions, there's not a big audience here for the Christ in business podcast, although it is growing. If someone wanted to get a hold of you or someone yeah. had, had something, how would the best way that, that they could do that or they could find you? Perfect. I keep it super simple. Just I'm on social media, but then my email address is tommy at celebrate.org. T-O-M-M-Y at celebrate.org. Super simple. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, if anything Tommy shared resonated with you, or if there's something that God's speaking to you, I want you to reach out to him. Even just reaching out to either him or I and just share a testimony about what God has done through this episode would be great. You can always get a hold of me at david at thedavidrobertson.com and tommy at celebrate.org. Any last things that you want to say to button up this episode? Man, just nothing specific, but just David, I, I just appreciate what you're doing, man. And just honor the fact that you're running with this call to you know connect more people to kind of God-sized dreams and, and to each other. And uh, I just, I feel like there's going to be so many more like cool connections happening in your life, you know, as you've sown into so many other people's lives. 
And they're just going to be like super surprising connections. So I just wanted to say that over you and just bless what you're doing. Wow. Thank you. That was not the bow at the end that I expected, but I receive it. Thank you. It's a bow. It's a good bow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Tommy. And I'm just going to end the episode right here. For those of you listening, definitely give this a thought and spend some time. Like I said, I end every episode encouraging you guys to take some time and pray, invite God's presence in, and then ask Him what it would be like for you to use your marketing, use the words that you're saying, the conversations around your office to partner with God, whether it be to worry with God, like what I had said, or whether it be what's the story that God would have you tell that would actually promote and bring His truth about the community, about your city. Take some time and just partner with God and find out what it would be like for you to step up and go beyond what the world has deemed as the standard that it's communicating by and step up and spread a kingdom class story in your marketing. What does the undertone look like? And then go out and do it and take that leap of faith and invest in it. I'm always here if you guys want to reach out to me. But until next time, I encourage you guys to go partner with God and build that kingdom class company and to go be Christ in business. As this show is new, any and all support is greatly appreciated. If you haven't done so already, first, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Second, if you like the show, write a five-star rating and review. And finally, share the podcast with anybody you know that has a passion for business and a love for God, and invite them along with you to build a kingdom class company.